Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How you doing everyone? Welcome back to NRL Fantasy Analysis. Going to be going through a massive video here guys and I hope that you can use this over sort of the next month leading up to the season. But we're going to be going through our big early season cash cows video. So all the guys priced under 30, I'm going to pop in this video. I'm going to do some more for guys above that in sort of that mid-range and obviously the guns as we go through. But this one, we're going to use as a bit of a Bible, a cash cow Bible uh, heading into that part of the season. And, and you know, for those that are making their teams now, we're just wanting to learn a lot more about all of the cash cows that are currently available or that I see at this stage. If there's any more that, any more guys that you see that I've missed in this video, then please let me know in the comments. Obviously, I, yeah, it's hard to, to get everyone. And we'll keep adding to this list as we go along through sort of the next month um, and then change any of our sort of projections or if we think guys are going to get different game time or more game time you know, as we get close to the trials as well, we'll rehash this video and get back into it. So I want to make this um, obviously as good as possible and as comprehensive as possible so people can you know, jump back um, and look at this across the next month and I'll have the different sections in the video so you can just click through at any time you please across this next month. I just want to pay homage to um, you know, someone we lost a couple of years ago, Mr. Steve Nichols, who was amazing at, you know, he put, he put together the, 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 uh, the fantasy prospectus is what we call it. So if, if anyone remembers, um, you know, that prospectus and, and Steve, who was in, a, you know, a few of the Facebook groups there um, for, for a long time in those groups and then did everything, you know, for free and, and helped us all out. I learned a lot of what I've, um, you know, gathered, all the information I've gathered now up to this point, a lot of it from him. And I'd just like to do him justice here with this cash cow video. So all said and done, we're going to start with Mr. Rocco Berry at the top here, 358K. Um, for me, He's someone that we haven't seen a lot of, but to the eye test, he's someone that's really, really, uh, that should be really, really good. High ceiling, I see. He's someone that's a really good defender. So those base stats are going to be there. And if the Warriors end up being a pretty solid side, then I think he has the potential to improve a lot in his second year. A dual position wing fullback and center is going to be really good as well. And if we look here to uh, his stats from last year, which I spoke about him in that, you know, my interesting options video, I'm just worried if this these tackles here in that, that 26 and the 31 are going to be sustainable. But if you're looking at his you know his tackle efficiency rate, he only had you know his his worst game in terms of his missed tackles was was when he missed three in that last one. But he made 31. So if some if your centre is going to make 31, 
you're okay with him missing three out of that for a net positive of 25 there. The main issue with him is just those meters gained. But if he is someone that's, you know, obviously across this, this preseason has improved as a player, then I can see those meters gained um, and those attacking opportunities increasing. And that's why I'm going to be projecting him for a 37 this year. So that gives me about 10 points of value. And that dual position, I think, is a, you know, he's someone that's a pretty solid option. That 358 is not too expensive. Obviously, we've got him sitting at that 28. Um, you know, prox, prox 28 in pricing. Which one second? Sorry, 29 in pricing. So... Actually, I thought it was 28. There you go. Um, so about eight points of value at a minimum for me if he hits that 37. But for someone that has really good you know, defensive stats, if he can sort of net around that, let's say, 18 to 20 points in tackles a game, and we can get him up to that 100 metres there, we've got 30 points in base. You know, and then just to add the the tries and uh, you know tackle busts and offloads there, which he can have a few games like that. He had four offloads in that game against the Sharks, and I can see him getting up close to that forty mark. So eight to ten points in value for someone who's dual position and not too expensive, and you, you know be able to you'd be com- be able to comfortably start him in the centers or the wing fullback at the start of the season. I think he's a really solid option there. But again, that's just at this stage, and we'd like to see how he improves over the trials and leading into that first game. So guys, I uh, appreciate all your support. Uh, the channel's really growing a lot, and if you, I'd be really, I'd be really appreciative of you guys if you could hit that subscribe button and the like button. Just so we did get a bunch of new viewers in that last video, and thank you for for watching that one. And I hope this provides as much value to you as that one did. So we move on to Stephen Crichton at 350k. I feel like he's probably the safest guy on this list, you know, in terms of all the cash cows. You see him, you get him at, you know, price at 28 when he had a season average of 36. So surprisingly, he's been bumped down a lot in terms of his, you know, compared to his average. He's not someone that missed many games last year, if any. So really weird that he's been given this 350k price tag when he's sort of the only guy that's been really dropped down um, with their price compared to their average, um, you know, yeah, out of anyone, even some of the newer players, you can understand if they've played four games and they're going to have a bit of a discount. But yeah, Crichton, you get back, you get him back to almost as cheap as he was a couple of years ago when he when he was playing in the centres. And and if you look at those scores there, it has a lot of games where he scored tries, but a lot of scores in the thirties and forties. So for me, really comfortable option being able to average anywhere close to sort of thirty eight to forty. Um, he's obviously owned by thirty thirty seven percent of teams, and he's a really you know a guy that if you there's really no no up, not much upside from you not owning him. For example, like if he comes out and he averages you know twenty eight to thirty, then no one no one loses money. Yeah, okay, you didn't pick him up, but did your the other cash cow that you picked up did he you know score better than than what Crichton did? There's a, ch- a good chance that he didn't anyway. So really safe option there. I think most people are going to have him. There's not too much to talk about. He's in a great side in the Panthers. He should be doing really well. Yeah, obviously, third-year player. He's a you know has a lot of talent. The dual position, everything there is is sitting for about that ten points in value, thirty-seven to forty. I'd I'd say for him. Obviously, I'm not going to go too over the top with a lot of these projections, especially early on. Um, but we kind of get a little bit of a base for you if if you think you know you're happy with this guy as a player, you should be able to get a bit of value from him uh, and make that sort of hundred hundred twenty-five k. Just remember that if we're getting ten points of value, every ten points is one hundred twenty-five k in price rises. So Stephen Crichton. Blake Taff, a real interesting one for him. He's got that dual position with the wing fullback and the half. And for me, he's going to be getting that first couple of games at fullback, where in the past he hasn't scored great in terms of just his normal you know, week-to-week regular season matches. You look here and he's played uh, three full games there for 32, a 22, and a 28, with one try in those and one try assist. 
But the biggest thing for me was his play in the final series where he was absolutely incredible. So, you know, he didn't really do much in those games if you watch, if you actually watch them. Uh, and then in the final series, he really improved. And, and for someone in their first year, to show that natural improvement in final series when, the, when it's really, really difficult, obviously against better teams, then I feel like he has some upside for sure. And I'm actually projecting him to score pretty high if he plays that fullback position. The worry for him is he gets that two weeks, Latrell comes back, does he move to the bench? Does he move out of the side completely? I suppose if we hear a little bit more news from the coach or, or anyone in, in the, uh, the Rabbitohs staff as to what's going to happen with him post-week uh, two, then I think um, yeah, he could be a really solid option for anyone. But I feel like you could probably wait those two weeks. Yes, he might gain a little bit in price if he scores, you know, if he averages that 40 that I'm projecting. Yeah, he might be a 370, 375k. But again, if he if he gets uh, if there becomes yeah if there's an injury in that fullback spot to Latrell, uh, if there's an injury to Lachlan Ilias in the in the halves position, then I feel like Taff could be a solid option there. So for me, I'd probably be waiting out on Blake um, and seeing how seeing how that all shakes out. Remember, there's going to be COVID protocol. There's going to be injuries. So he's someone that I think you should keep on your watch list and um, yeah, definitely a potential player to pick up in our side. So next one, Jordan Pereira, someone I haven't spoken about yet, but someone who's really, really interesting. So for Pereira, he's played for the Dragons for a long time. Obviously here, we've got a bunch of years of data for him since 2018. And if you look just, you know, a quick, a quick scan of his scores here, a lot of scores in the 30s and 40s. And he's someone that has really nice base stats. And when he scores some tries, he can get, you know, obviously he got a try with 38, 46, 43, and then a double for 57, for example. He has the random games where he could do really well, get a bunch of tries, just a line breaks, a 74. So he's someone that has a lot of upside. And when you're getting him priced at 26, he moves from a Dragons team that's been okay over the, bar, the past four to five, uh, four years for him. He moves to a Broncos team that's probably going to do fairly well if you consider you know, the, the additions they've made along with the young fellas that they have. If Pereira bags that wing spot, he's going to be definitely in my side. So just keep an eye out on him in the trials, see what happens. They've got obviously uh, guys like Corey Oates who could get a, a gig in front of him. Um, yeah, we'll, who will get it? Will Pereira get it? Will Oates get it? Will he get the other wing spot? Selwyn Cobos there. There's a lot of different guys that they could select. Obviously really strong in the centers with you know, Farnworth and, and Staggs. Um, as one other guy so really really you know packed in the backs but he's someone that's been really solid for a bunch of years so 26 price that i could see him averaging anywhere between 37 and 40 which would give him sort of that 11 to to 14 um in in value for him so yeah the, the base stats are really high in terms of his his, his runs uh, obviously the tackle breaks are there but yeah we'll lose a little bit from that but overall i think he's um if he gets that fullback spot i could see him doing fairly well the only risk here is that they have a bunch of outside backs and if he doesn't do too well in the first few he could get punted pretty quick but I suppose if he hasn't done well in the first month then I suppose you're probably looking to move him on anyway so he's someone that's been pretty consistent I think would be a great option if he makes that side move to Hayes Dunstan he's a very interesting one just for the fact that he's priced at 24 so 298k for me he's someone who has you know fairly high potential obviously being a young star coming into his second season the base stats are fine, which we'll have a look at now. Uh, in terms of you know, over 100 meters in every game, averaging obviously close to that 120, 130, makes a few makes a few tackles in there as well, which is cool for a winger. Bunch of tackle breaks, the odd offload as well to go with a couple of missed tackles. So for me, he's someone that didn't score a lot of tries last year, so only three. 
uh, in his time out in the park for about, for that 10 games that he's played. So there's room for improvement there, but the games that he's not scoring tries, he's getting in those you know, mid-20s, and then uh, even the game, you know, there's even a game or two there. Sorry, one game. One game where he got a try for 32, and then a 44 and a 55. So there's definitely upside if you think he's going to be scoring tries in this Eels side, and that's probably the positive there, that he's playing for the Eels, um, and there's, yeah, opportunity for him to score. If he, he's someone that I feel like could have a really strong start to the season, that first month, for example, or if he picks up a try you know, every second game or you know, three out of four games, then he could make you a fairly quick 100K if he's averaging sort of around that 40 mark. But I think overall for the season, I, I can see a projected average for him around that 32 mark. So about eight points uh, undervalued. And that's the cool thing about you know, these, uh, these cheaper guys under 300K that you can pick them up and they don't have to score amazing for you to make a little bit of cash. You know, the eight points of value is about 100K there. So at worst, you could pick up 100K, I think, for Hayes Dunster. Uh, but in terms of, you know, being able to score similar to, you know, Pereira and, um, you know, Crichton, Berry, these types of guys, I just don't see that value with Dunster. So just see how your team shakes up. Um, if a lot of the bunch of these guys aren't getting picked, then Dunster could be your man. So let's move to Nick Kotrick. For me... He's someone who obviously scored really well when he played for the Raiders. If you look back at the Dogs, first two games he started really well, but had seven and ten tackle breaks. The worry for me with Kotrick is the tackle break, because that's obviously you know where he where he scores the bulk of his points. He has a game here in round two of 2020 with 17 tackle breaks. So seven and eight around that. A lot of seven and eights are 14 in there, nine, seven. So he's going to lose out on that. But if you look at his overall season in 2020, he's averaged over 40, right? A lot of really good, you know, really good high scores there when he does get a bunch of tackle breaks and a few tries. I feel like the Raiders are going to be pretty solid this year. We obviously said that last year as well, but surely they can't get any worse than, than how things went last year. They lost CNK early. They had so many issues in terms of, um, I suppose, through the coaching, Josh Hodgson, Sam, Sam, Sam Williams, George Williams. Uh, there's just so much going on. They have to be improved, an improved team from here. And they have the, t- the team on paper to make the eight. So if that's the case, then Kotrick's going to get a lot of tries. My issue for him is that he's priced at the 30 mark. So 369K is pretty high uh, for a cheaper center wing fullback. Um, when there's other guys that are a fair bit cheaper and, and priced at obviously around that 26 to 28 there, you're missing out on that couple of points of value and, and that cash that you could bring in for uh, you know, someone else, obviously. But with Nick, yeah, so the history of averaging 40, the dual position's nice, a bit of bounce back factor. Obviously, you know, being for the, in the Dogs team, they, they didn't have a great side and that just did not benefit him at all. And I, I feel like he's better on the wing, which he should get that left wing spot back again. It'll be interesting to see who plays inside of him. And the other thing is if, if Wyden's having a great season, obviously he, he, he likes to score a lot of tries himself, but if he doesn't go himself, he's going to fling it out to to Nick there on the on the wing and I think he can do pretty well so yeah I've got him projected around the 34-35 average for 4-5 to five points of value which look I think is, a, is it's going to be a decent year for him with a few more tries and stuff but that lack of um, you know tackle break 3-pointer you know back to a 2 I could see him averaging about 40 in the, in the normal rules but back to 34 with these so that's that for Nick Kotrick alright we'll move to Joey Suwali at 350k so obviously a little bit cheaper than Nick and the same as um, as guys like Stephen Crichton. And for me, you get a guy that's going to be playing on the wing if he gets selected. There's, there's every chance that he doesn't make that first team either. But if you look at his five games, he played four in the centres. 
and one on the wing. So obviously had one really, really strong game in the centres with 47 points, which included a try assist and a, and a try. Uh, obviously 13 tackles there for no misses, a couple of errors, but really just the perfect game for a centre, and he's still got 47. The other three there, he's got 23, 18, and 17. And for me, just the, the base stats aren't exactly there. You know, around that, you know, he's got two games at 120 metres and then, and then three under 70. So that is my current issue. He's obviously someone that's been touted to be a really, really, really good player. Obviously, plenty of talent. So for me, there's going to be that natural improvement coming into, into uh, year two. Coming off an injury, so we'll see how his uh, preseason has been hampered, if, if at all. So definitely some upside with that. But price of 28, you, you need to see him averaging you know, 37 to 40, I'd say, to, to be worth bringing him into your side. Yes, he's in a great rooster side, but will he be able to average that high? That's my question. I think he's, um, you know, I can, I can, yeah, I'm personally projecting a 32, 33, 34 average, so anywhere from four to six, seven points of value um, for Suwali there. I love saying jewel with an E. Um, yeah, so for me, Suwali, I'm probably selecting a few other guys over him. Obviously, the, the fullback uh, and the and the centre jewel is nice as well, but yeah, someone I don't have in my top few at the moment. So if we're looking to, to rank these wing fullbacks, I've obviously got a couple of guys in the centres that are dual as well. But I'd be looking at Crichton being the safest option. Uh, if Pereira gets a spot, I'd have him as probably number two in terms of ability to make the cash. Rocco Berry has some good upside, which will be cool. And then I'd pick guys like Suwali. Uh, Tarf can be great, but again, just too, too risky at this stage with us not knowing his role. Uh, and then the other guys to follow from that. So there's our wing fullbacks, and we're going to move to the centers now. Right, there's plenty of talking. Let's go to Isaac Tago. So very interesting one. Has the dual position center and the edge, playing for the Panthers there. For me, he's someone that's obviously got to spend some time on an edge, coming off the interchange bench last year. And if you're looking at his stats, I'm really happy with his um, with his missed tackle rate or his you know his tackle efficiency. He's, he's got only three missed tackles for his career so far, uh, and you know those are, there's three games there with 19, 20, and 16 tackles. So really, really good in terms of you know that transitioning into the centers. Obviously, second row, uh, so the edge and then the and then the center, very similar in terms of you know the types of guys you'll have running at you and guys with footwork as well. So if he can. I feel like that's a really good thing to see that if he could handle that uh, tackling on the edge. Obviously, it's a little bit harder in the centres, but that's where a lot of a lot of these centres uh, really struggle. Is if they're missing sort of four to six tackles a game, a lot of their value goes out the window. You know, losing probably four to six points more than they should when they're only going to be. At, you know, we're, we're trying to get them to average somewhere in the thirty to forty-five range. It really takes out a lot of that value. Meter's gain was completely fine for playing those couple of minutes, and now I'm expecting if he's playing 80 in the centres, we should get him to about 100 metres gained. Similar scenario in terms of his tackles, I see that being there, but obviously the, ta- the attacking stats is going to be the big one. You can see the game here of 36 minutes. When he did score a try, he picked up 40, so that included six tackle breaks, and he has one other game there of four tackle breaks. A couple of offloads in there, two, one, one, so four in total across those, th- those last three games that he played. So I just see this as, as him having complete upside in this Panther side who uh, are going to be really strong. And having that dual position there, edge and center, which you could switch with guys like Ewan Aiken um, and Jack Bird, I think he's going to be really, really cool. If he makes a starting team, I see that ownership percentage of 20 becoming much closer to that of Stephen Crichton. 
uh, I just feel like he's someone that's going to be pretty safe. You know, you, you saw what happened uh, with Burton and obviously Momorowski last year. They both really benefited, even though they went left a lot. You know, Momorowski would still get that one or two plays a game where the, the field's really open for that centre. Like, you watch a lot of other teams that aren't as good. The centres just really have to be brilliant themselves to do really well, whereas in this Panthers side, they get a little bit of space. So if they've got a little bit of talent, um, either, you know, Cleary's going to put you through the gap or you have that ability to go to get a two-on-one and either get it a tri-assist across or go yourself and, and be strong enough to get through. And I think Isaac Tago is going to get that opportunity. Probably going to be on... Oh, I suppose we don't really know which side. Like, there's, there's a chance that Crichton's going to stay on that right. Um, especially if they have someone young like a, a Taylor May or even Charlie Staines on that right-hand side. Probably going to be smart to have... Might be smart to have Crichton, who's now a third-year player, over someone that like Tago, who might get a, an opportunity on the left. But either way, it's going to be completely fine for Tago. So I really see him as someone that has around 10 points of value um, and fairly safe to say that he would average somewhere between 35 to 40 um, at, a, you know, a price of, of, uh, at a price at a price... Him being priced at 27 there. So that's Tago. We'll move to Penasini. Uh, and for me with him... Whoops. Okay, we've got double Tago. That's nice. So, with Will. Price of 28. Came in and did really, really well. So obviously he played the last few games of the season around 19, 23, and 24. Really solid through that time. So he had one game where he missed three tackles. The other two he missed none, which was really cool. Averaging over 100 metres during that time. And then did really well through the final series as well. So being a, a youngster at 19, plenty of upside for him. Yeah, to average well, in those three games, 33.7. Already puts him at five to six points undervalued. And then he even in- improved his play during the final series. So for, for me, him as a, just a straight center obviously is a little bit annoying. You don't get that dual. But I think we have enough guys that are going to be dual position in terms of Tago with the center edge. Um, and then, you know, Crichton, Berry, these types of guys that are center wing fullback. I feel it's okay to have, you know, Penasini just as a center in your side. Yeah, so really happy to get the... the uh, with the base stats, does he get the spot is going to be the question with Will. But plenty of talent, and I'd be watching out for him in the trials for sure. Jesse Arthurs is someone that we'll briefly speak about. For me, he's someone that's being priced at 23. You look at his scores over, you know, obviously last season, there's only one score there above 40, and that was in, in game uh, game two for him, where he got a try, uh, a line break assist, three tackle breaks, a couple of turnover tackles. So for me, very much a perfect game for him. Um, and then you look at some other games. Yeah, he doesn't really have that upside to me that I think other players in this um, in this price bracket do. He's obviously a little bit cheaper, priced at 23, and has that dual position. But I just don't feel like he's going to be a super viable option in the in the Warriors side. Does he get the starting spot? There's a lot of things to consider with Jesse. And for me, he's a pass at this stage. He's only owned by 3.7, so that makes sense for us there. Okay, Xavier Savage, he's probably one of the guys that I have projected the highest in the wing fullbacks and centers, just just based on potential. The main issue for him is I don't see him getting the fullback spot. A chance should be getting it for sure. He's currently, by far, the better player. Savage has unlimited upside and potential for sure. Speed to burn, you know, scored over 70 last year in, in, one of his, uh, in his second game. Obviously came on as a reserve for 11 minutes to score nothing but 26 in an 80-minute roll. Um, and then 73. So scoring a try, a couple of line breaks, nine tackle breaks, and a couple of offloads. 246 metres was really electric. So if he gets his opportunity, I can see him averaging mid-40s, giving him you know 20, just under 20 points of, of upside. But the question is, will he get that? And I, 
if there's an injury to chance, then I feel like everyone's going to be jumping on him. But at 20% at this stage, I just don't feel like he gets in the side. Maybe he picks up a, a wing spot, but can he, would you put Savage in over um, Kotrick and Rapana? Like, Rapana had an awesome season last year. I just don't see it happening. So, yeah. Savage, owned by 20%, probably will be lowered by the time trials and, um, and, and the first teams come around. But, yeah, plenty of good news around Savage in terms of how he's going to play. Okay, we've got a few cheaper guys here. We've got Tass from the Rabbitohs, which at this stage, he's the guy that people are throwing around as, the, as a potential option. Most likely, the, who's most likely to grab that center position. Um, so yeah, in a good team, you get him at 220K. So he's priced at 18, which is the lowest he can be priced at. Even if he comes in and averages 28 to 30, you've got 10 to 12 points of value. So think of it that way with these cheap guys uh, at, at, at a, you know, being priced at 18, that there's obviously a lot of upside, even if they don't score well. Even, you know, 25 average for them, they still make, you know, 70K. Yeah, and that and twenty five is not very hard to get in a good team. You know, he has to, and he has to score a try every three games, and he'll average over twenty five. So, he's someone that you know he's not a not going to be a must have. Obviously, a young fella that we haven't heard too much about in terms of his ability. Uh, like we hear about other guys that are talked up a lot. So he's just someone that's uh, definitely an option heading into the trials. It's going to be a wait and see. Watch how he goes in the trials. If he does well, gets picked in round one, and you like the you know, like him to the eye test, then pick up Tass. If not pick up one of the other guys that are a little bit more expensive. So, yeah, and, and picking out one of these guys at 220 might be more beneficial to your side to pick up. Um, yeah, instead of some ping, uh, p- uh, instead of grabbing someone at 500k, you can get someone at 630 who you think is going to be a keeper, for example. Um, that's something you could do. Uh, Kai from the Tigers. Again, chance of uh, the center spot there with where they've got one uh, one space free. I'd pick Tass over Kai just for the fact that Tass playing for the Rabbitohs or whoever yeah, gets selected in that center spot for them. Uh, I'd be selecting that player over a play in the Tigers. We saw what happens with guys like Zaccini last year. Tommy Talao went backwards. Um, these types of guys find it really difficult to come into a, an average side. And and as I said, if you're an outside back in an average side, you just don't have the space that some of these other guys would in a better side. You know, They can create that option just you know, if, if he's on the left, for example. Cody Walker's going to demand so much attention uh, the two, you know, he could draw two defenders in and then Tass gets a two-on-one or he gets some free open space. So Kai's not, not going to get that as much at the Tigers. So for me, I'd probably be leaving him. Yeah, I'd probably average him in the, in the projecting him in the mid to low 20s uh, you know, for him. Uh, six points, five points of value, something like that. He could get you know, have a good start and a couple of tries, but unlikely. Someone that probably has a little bit more upside than those two guys is Taylor May, who comes in for the Panthers. And for me there, price of 24 with that 300k is solid. He came in and got 42 points in his first game. Did have three errors, but a couple of line breaks, six tackle breaks, 194 meters. He cannot complain about that. If you can get anywhere close to 35 as, a, as, a, as an average, then you got 11 points uh, in value there and 137.5k um, in the bank. You know, that puts him on to 437. If he can, can go any better than that, has like a, anywhere close to a Brian To'o ability, in terms of you know, tackle breaking and meters gain, if you can get anywhere close to that sort of 160 to 200 meters gain, the game, then he could average close to 40. So you, know, you get him at center. If he gets named on the in the uh, on the wing, then you might end up getting that dual position before the start of the season. But you know, for him, he's a decent chance of making the side. He probably is going to have to take over um, Charlie Stain's spot, or Tago misses out. So I suppose he can. Whatever happens, you can either there's a chance of getting both or a chance of you just have to pick one of the two. 
Uh, that's Taylor May. So we'll move on to our halves now. And we're going to talk about Talatai Amone. So for me, he's someone that really passed the eye test in, in those games that he played last year. Even off the bench, he came in with a lot of energy. Uh, and if he gets the, the sixth spot, we'll have a look at his uh, scores in that position now. He did have one game in the centres, and there's talk that he might bag a spot in the centres. Like, I suppose if if Jack Bird gets moved to um, to the middle, for example, then there might be an opportunity for a centre spot. If they decide to pick uh, Jaden Sullivan at six, then yeah, there's a chance for that centre spot, but also a chance for the 14 role. And you can see in that, you know, I suppose that 14 role, he played sort of games in that, you know, around the 20 minutes just above, you know, 22 or 25 in there. Um, yeah, that 25-minute game, he came on and got a try assist and a try, and he looked incredible. Uh, obviously, against the Panthers in that one in round 22 when they were kind of scuffling to end the season. But then he got you know three games to finish the season at 5-8, and, and not one of them had a try in them. You know, 71, 37, and a 33. And when he's priced at 28, I can see a lot of upside for him, and, and owned by 18% of squads. Uh, you can see why. He, he kicked for 166 metres, 260 and 197. So even if we protect, project him around that 170, 180 kick metres in conjunction with Benny Hunt, uh, yeah, he could have a little bit less, but I suppose with kick metres not being worth as much, then it's not a big issue. For me, the, the metres gain is the biggest one for there, 68, 74 and 120. If you're kicking in general play and you're also running the ball, it just gives you so much more option for try assists and then you know, running the ball for tries and tackle breaks and offloads and stuff like that. So for me, he's someone who's really, really, I'm really, really high on at this point of the season. And if he does get that six, I can project him for about 15 points of value. Obviously, with Ben Hunt doing the majority of the work, but I just see him having so many options to score points in a team that's going to be solid, really, like the Dragons. If you, know, if you look at them last year, before the, before the Paul Vaughan barbecue, they were a team that did really, really. Well. They were doing really, really well, and probably projected to make the eight. So I can see them in a similar, uh, similar spot this year for sure. But moving on to Lockie Ilias, he only had the one game last year, but has been touted as, as a pretty important player going forward. Obviously, for the fact that they lose Reynolds and him at three hundred k, you have an opportunity to pick up a number seven in a good team that should get some solid opportunity. You know, Cody Walker's not. Not Adam Reynolds. Obviously, the, you know, Cook's going to get um, Cody a lot of ball. In terms of kick metres in general play, I'd say Lockie Illis will be able to share that role with Cody Walker, whether that's 180 metres each, 200 each, however that game works. But I definitely see him being, able, being, able, being the controller on this team um, and I suppose just getting Cody Walker the ball that he needs to do his thing. So 31% ownership. Again, someone that if he's starting, you're not going to miss out. Um, there's probably you know more risks not picking him than picking him. So, yeah, only 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 got the 31 points in his 73 minutes uh, in his one game. There was five five missed tackles and an error. So obviously some negatives there. But he did run the ball at 78 meters and scored a try. So looks like he'll be able to handle himself in uh, in the NRL. He he comes into a good team. So we're, we're going to be completely uh, fine with picking him up. I think at uh, at that nice cheap price. Move to someone like Adam Clune and and for me. With Clooney, we've got that little bit of a higher price of 371. If you're looking at you know, the team he's going into, the Knights, he should have that you know, somewhere near the split control over the team uh, with, with Jake Clifford. But Clifford's probably slightly better player and has a bit more upside. He's obviously a lot more expensive in fantasy, uh, just for the fact that when he did move to the Knights, he actually averaged pretty well. Clooney's always had that you know, up and down kind of 
um, sort of scoring rate, you know, depending on who he's playing with. If, is he the main guy? Is he not? Which we'll have a look at in the second. Uh, he's not someone that's ever scored really amazing. I'm probably passing on him at this point. I can see him projecting somewhere in the mid-30s, so around that you know, five to sort of nine points in value if he gets the opportunity that uh, is needed for him. So for Clooney, you look at last year in, in round four and five, he got to have some control over the team. Solid in his tackling in terms of you know making... 19 and 23 tackles, but two missed tackles and five there wasn't ideal. Does run the ball when he gets the opportunity, so you know 50 and 44 in, in terms of those points there is good. 31 tackles, for five misses in that next game for for 33, so an okay score. And you can see how like even if he has a pretty solid game with a try assist and you know plenty of kick meters and run meters, plenty of tackles, he can still you know a max of like sort of 50. He doesn't have that big upside like some other guys have. You look at the games in here, obviously 49 solid, but 28, 39, 34, 25, and 19, 24, and a 39 and 40, for example. Doesn't really scream as someone that has a lot of value when he's priced at 30. So keep him in mind, and obviously if they have some issues um, with Clifford and he has to become the complete main half, then I can see some value in him. But from starting from round one, I see some better value in guys like Ilias. Um, obviously, we're gonna be, most people are going to be picking Cleary, for example. So will Clune get that opportunity? to score really well I don't think so at this stage okay we'll move to hookers and we got uh, Chris Randall as our next option and any reason why he's the only one with a photo <laughs> on this on this website if you run this footystats.com uh, page please let me know okay so Chris Randall comes in price of 28 so 350k 31.6 average there owned by 30, 30% so if he's starting everyone's going to pick him up which is fine uh but is there, is there value? I suppose that's what we're asking here. If you look at some of his games when he's played bigger minutes, the question will be, does he get 55 minutes? Does he get 80? Does he get 65? We don't really know in that, in that stage, and we probably won't find out from the trials either. So that's why I wouldn't be selecting him as a sole hooker in your side. If you can have someone that's also dual, like obviously Ruben Cotter, someone's an option, but again, we're going to find out a little bit closer to the season what's going to happen with these types of guys. Um, but Randall obviously has some solid scores in bigger minutes. He has also has some lower scores uh, in interchange and uh, so interchange minutes. But he only played the five games last year, so that's where that average comes from. He's got two low minute games, which has uh, caused an issue for his um, sorry three low minute games with one scoring a try. That's caused an issue to his uh, average. But in those two big minute games, a thirty six and a sixty six which is awesome. He has that ability to, to make a lot of tackles. So if it's a defensive-minded game, then you can see him, him making 40 to 50 tackles, even in around that 60 minutes. If he happens to get more minutes and there's an injury, um, just say they've got Kurt Mann in the 14 and there's an injury elsewhere, then Kurt Mann's going to come in and cover that and Randall could play big minutes. So you could get pretty lucky with him. Uh, he obviously has that ability to score well enough and have sort of 8 to 15 points of value. And I think that's pretty safe. If he's playing 50 to 60 minutes consistently and you know they have a more attacking minded game and they have a more defensive minded game you can see a score of like a 35 and a score of close to 50 average that out to somewhere around that 40 mark and he should be scoring fairly well in your side so i've him yeah predicted for about a 38 average but there's a chance that he loses his spot for example if he doesn't score too well okay one second Jaden barrel's the next one at 220k so he's someone that's been touted to be a really really high level player Playing for the Sharks there. My issue with him, will he be carried as a bench hooker? If there's an injury to Braley, I say he's definitely a must-have because he's got the high wraps. They don't have too many hookers at the Sharks or people that can cover that position. So I'd suggest that if he gets a spot at 220k, 
uh, in the starting side. If there's an injury, then everyone will pick him up. He'll be a must-have. So I predict him at 40 average at 22 points of value. If he gets that starting spot, but it's most likely that he won't get that spot. So just keep in mind, uh, we'll have him, as, as I said, part of the Bible for this preseason. All right, let's move to our mids. And so we've got Howarth, Jackie Howarth there, as a forward position. Obviously, actually, I think he's an edge. Sorry. Let me check. What's we got for Howarth? Yeah, I think I put him in the wrong section, actually, at this stage. Yeah, he's an edge. Sorry, guys. So just, um, how about we just move him now? Make it a bit easier on us all. All right, so Howarth, anyway, we'll talk about him now anyway. So for him, he's got uh, some decent wraps on him. Uh, he moves, he's obviously at the Storm this year. And he's someone that, if he gets a bench spot, if he's looking at 30 to 40 minutes, then you could probably, you know, he's someone you could pick him up at 220k, just for the fact that we, they, we don't have any cheapies, really, in the edge, as you can see here. With only really Davey, who we'll talk about in a second. So... For me, he becomes someone that you could plug in in that spot. If there's injuries in the starting side, then he pop, he, he can pop into that starting team. They've obviously got issues with Nass at the moment. Um, also got Chewy as well, uh, who won't be there for the first bit. So, yeah, definitely a chance for Howarth to play. And we spoke, uh, we can speak about Tepai Morea as well. Someone I think who really needs a 40-minute role. Not sure if he's going to get that at this stage. And for me, at 8.6% of teams, he's probably way overrepresented. For someone that hasn't really scored too well, if you look at his interchange roles last year, he's playing he's playing 20 minutes there, which isn't very exciting. Does he get that role again? Is there a few more minutes available? You look at his prop minutes there, uh, and lock 57 minutes and 44 for only mid-30s, so nothing too exciting, 34, 35 there. So solid PPM, but he's going to need at least 40 minutes to get somewhere close, I think, to... You know, somewhere in the in the thirties average. You know, if you look at a lot of his scores here, it just we just don't know what his minutes are going to be like. So I think if a, if he gets a forty minute role, he can become viable. But look, yeah, if he's getting small minute roles there, which he had in 2019, 2021, so eleven points, twenty three, seventeen, ten, two, sixteen. If you pick him up there, yes, he's not going to kill you at that price point at nineteen. But is the upside there? I don't really see it unless he gets a forty minute role. So keep him in mind. All right, Kobe Heatherington is going to be an interesting one. My worry for him is just the price. So at price of 30, 376K, does he get a big enough opportunity to score what he needs to? Okay? A lot of people are really interesting, interested in him with a 14.7% ownership. If you look at his stats, we'll talk about it in a second. He's got a very solid defensive work rate. Um, for me, he has to average about 40 to get the value. So that 10 points of value. I'm just not sure he gets enough minutes. Does he get, you know, with Carrigan back, you've got you know, plenty of big forwards in that side. Does he, I suppose for me, like, does Turpin play 80? If he plays 60, does that mean, you know, Hetherington gets 30 minutes in the middle and then 20 at hooker? I can see that being a very solid option, but with 50 minutes, he has to have a, a PPM of, what, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9, which at the moment is 0.73. So that would give him somewhere, you know, that would price him somewhere in the mid to high 30s, if he, even if he's getting that 50 minutes. So, yeah, just... Just a little bit of a worry at this stage. I think people are interested, interested in him because you get him as that dual position, hooker and mid, which is completely fair. Two positions which are really light on this year. If there happens to be a few injuries in the trials, which is like, there's a million things that could happen leading up to the trials, guys. So, you know, can he get that opportunity? All right. So we look at his um, tackling efficiency. Obviously, a few missed tackles each game, but he's, you know, in bigger minute games, 48 minutes at lock, 51 minutes at lock. He's got 38 and 33 tackles, which is really nice. 53 and 52 minutes, 28 and 31. So if he can continue that, 
and and keep his meters gain around that hundred. He's got sort of you know thirty five points in base there. Obviously taking away a few of those negatives um, in the missed tackles. I just think he'd have, he'd have to up his rate a little bit slash get you know somewhere in that mid fifties minutes for him to be viable. So at this point, I'm probably holding off on Kobe. But if there's some injuries, then we could uh, we could move in on him fairly quickly for sure. All right, Aaron Penne at three hundred forty eight k, and again another one that needs. Uh, to, to get some somewhere around that 40-minute roll to be viable, especially when he's going to have to average you know somewhere around that you know high 30s to do really well. So for him, uh, a PPM at 0.82 is solid enough, but will he get that 40-minute roll? He's played it in the past, and he's got a 50-minute game for 51, a 41-minute game for 27, which is not enough, 36 minutes for 31 is solid, 33 for 34, 33 for 29 points. So... Um, there's definitely some upside for him in terms of his work rate's pretty solid in, in a lot of those bigger games where he can get in that mid-20s tackles, his efficiency solid, um, and get some decent metres gained as well. But again, is he going to get a 40-minute roll in a Warriors pack that's really stacked? Um, and we know what the Warriors teams can do in the past in terms of you know moving moving a lot of their players around. You can see what happened with Bailey Sirenen last year. He got some game time and then was... You know, he was starting and then he was completely out of the team and then back on the bench. So there's a lot of things that happen with that Warriors side. Uh, but again, interesting to see what will happen in the trials for me. But at 3.3% of teams' ownership, I feel like that's pretty fair at this point for someone like Aaron Penney. Okay, we'll move to Georgie Burgess. And at 350k, priced at 28, he's obviously complete, could be a complete steal. Uh, with you know Dragons losing Paul Vaughan, for example, if George Burgess could come in and, and get back to some of his best play... And he could get close to that starting team. Because I think Maguire's out for the first six rounds as well. If I'm if I'm not correct, let me know. Um, but yeah, if Burgess could get back to his, some of his, his old form, then he becomes a really viable option. Obviously, it's been a little while since he was really, really good. You know, we're looking back at when he last played in 2019. He, he really struggled throughout that season. 2018 wasn't that great either, apart from you know, a few games in the middle here. So for me, it's a little bit of a worry in terms of can he get back to that. These are all in 40 to 50-minute games, and the PPM isn't terrific. So you know, overall, as a 0.89, but that's obviously taking into, a, taking into account when he was a superstar back here in 2015, where he's getting get, you know, scores between the 40 and the 70 mark um, in his 50 minutes. So there's a lot of years here, 2014 and 2015. He really came on the scene and smashed it. And he's really struggled from 2016 onwards. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at someone like George. He does need... You know, at least 40-odd minutes to, to be viable at a 0.89. You know, and that's considering his really good score. So even if we put it down to a 0.8, 40 minutes gets him somewhere around that 34 to 35, and that's probably not enough for a mid at 350 uh, to, you know, for him to be worthy to be in your side. All right, guys, last three to talk about. And Andrew Davies going to be our first one. 246K, I absolutely love him, hey? Like, picked him up. I think we picked him up in the People's Squad last year in round two so he got that interchange spot then who got injured Sirenen whoever it was on that left side got in, got injured uh, and he got picked in the second row and we're like sweet we get that opportunity that you know came on and got five tackle breaks and two offloads in his first game off the interchange in that 35 minutes and we knew from you know previous experience that he got an 80 minute roll and a 70 minute roll for 52 and 53 fantasy points so price at 19 obviously that's pretty ridiculous and if we can get him uh, into this side on the bench as a starter would be solid to get somewhere around that 35 minutes he'd make you know 
you should be able to get around that 29 to 30 in terms of points scored um, and a cheapie, on the edge, a cheapie in the edge position on the bench would be pretty cool to have at this point. Uh, and if he gets a chance at that starting spot, then he'll be straight in my side, and I think he will be in a lot of others too. Currently at 9%, I think it's pretty solid. And if he gets that starting spot, I project a 45 average, which would be 20, you know, 26 points um, value on his starting price. So, yeah, for me, awesome pick if he gets his spot. See how the trials go. See how round one team lists come out as well. All right, Nanai, Nanai. I'm not exactly sure how to say him yet. He does play for my team. I should know that. But yeah, price of 28. He's someone that scored okay last year. Got an 80-minute gig in the last game of the year. 38 tackles, 7 misses is my worry. The two games before, he's had 6 misses in 68 minutes and then 3 misses in 26, 1 in that first one. So my worry for him is the tackle efficiency. You know, 38 tackles and then negative 14 or 20, you know, which nets you 24 and then 22 minus 12 for a net of 10 in that other game. I just, you know, for someone that doesn't make yeah, he makes decent meters in terms of 80, 80 to 113 in those three bigger games. But, you know, I think he has to play 80 to be really viable anyone's score. We, well, he's obviously a super you know, young star. Got a couple of games at the end of last year. You've got guys like Tom Gilbert. You've got Lukey who could get that spot as well. Um, so it's a wait and see. See how he plays in the trials. If he, see how he looks to the eye test. Has he improved on last year? There's a few things to think about with Nanai. Um, but obviously, yeah, Young's on the, improve, on the improve, and I can see him averaging somewhere in the mid-30s for 8 to 10 points in value. Something to think about with, with Nanai. Okay, the biggest one to finish is going to be Shawnee Bloor. So for me, obviously, showed that if he can get some big minutes, he can score well, which we'll have a look at in a second. We're going to wait on the trials with Shawnee and, and go from there in terms of, you know, can we pick him up? So you look at those games at, uh, in terms of his interchange scores uh, in 2020 came in with a really nice PPM especially in those last three games uh, those you know, two games in the middle there but you can see like his work rate is pretty solid so let's go to 2021 in his second year again solid off the interchange bench but nothing special he really excelled when he got into the second row spot yeah when he when he knew he was going to get a lot of more minutes you can see the average uh, really bumped up 53 or 45 51 35 and 40, uh, 43 and 39 in those games to finish. So if he gets anywhere near a starting spot and closer to 70 minutes, even at that PPM of 0.63, you're looking at somewhere between 30, you know, 37 and 40. Uh, but I really hope for 80 minutes. At 19% of teams, I'm just not sure if he makes the starting squad. If he does, then sweet. But if he doesn't, I think, yeah, you can definitely have Garner there and then Lucy Leilua. There's no point uh, removing him from that starting side. So, Shawnee B. Price to 29, just a little bit of a worry for me. You know, you need him to average close to 40 and he needs that starting spot to get it. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. Obviously, if there's an injury at any stage, in this, if he, you know, starts on the interchange bench and gets sort of, you know, scores of 15 to 20, you'll get him a little bit cheaper, around 320, 330. You can pick him up from there if he makes the starting side, you know, nice and simple. And if he gets a starting side from the, in the starting side from the start, then you can pick him up straight away. So I feel like there's no real risk at the moment. Um... Yeah, you can have him in your side at this stage. You can not. It won't really matter. We'll find out more through the trials and obviously in that round one team list. So there you go, guys. That's the uh, the big cash cows video. At this stage, obviously, we're you know, a bit over a month out. So yeah, let me know what you think of this one, guys. If, if there's anyone I should add to it, I'll definitely put them in um, in this Word doc. And we'll, uh, we'll see how we go heading into... 
the the next month, guys. I'm going to be going through all the different positions. Obviously, we'll do some videos on on guns and and mid ranges as well. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you haven't subscribed yet, I know like about half my audience um, that's watching is not subscribed. So I'd appreciate that. Obviously, you know, going closer to the season, we're going to be bringing out more and more videos. So I'd love to see you in here. Appreciate all the uh, all the comments, guys asking questions. I'll be getting back to you all in there. Um, and that'll be all. I hope you have, all have a great day. And we'll catch you in a few more days when I bring out the next video. See you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.